And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. Oh. <laughs> bit rusty sorry boys <laughs> all good all good we thought we thought it was all good last week we were here and we were celebrating two great results and then the week happened isn't it just like how a week generally goes in the life of anybody uh welcome yep. to toronto till i die uh the july 4th edition so uh happy usa day to any uh of our american listeners uh enjoying the day off uh light off some fireworks uh barbecue some stuff uh we did that on friday <laughs> so uh you're with uh mike newell uh jeffrey p nesker and michael singh are joining you as well um lots lots to talk about this week um so i won't so waste much. too much time uh, but boys how was your long weekend we're here in canada we enjoyed uh our our canada day uh how did you guys enjoy the weekend got to go to the country get some get some fresh country air Got to come back, get a nice breeze at BMO, and that was about the only thing that was good about BMO on uh, on Saturday. So, so yeah, I mean, nice breeze, terrible football. How how about you, Mikey? Saying, yeah, no, I, t- I first game this year, I actually took in a game from the stands. Uh oh, he came off from <laughs> his uh, his uh, mantle on high to sit with us <laughs> the plebes. Get out of here! So actually, so like since probably about 2009 2010 i actually have season tickets for tfc um but i split them with a couple different people so I, there's about four or five games that i try to get out to um from the stands each year i haven't been able to do that the last couple of years obviously with pandemic and uh other things that are just going on so it's just nice to just sit back and, and take in a, a game from from the stands and it's it's a lot different because I mean, it was like a subtle reminder just how passionate, you know, TFC fans are. And I felt like heading into Saturday's match against Seattle, there was a real buzz around the team, around that game. We know that Crescito and Insigne wasn't going to be playing, but I started to see Insigne jerseys pop up left, right, and center. I saw some. Oh, my God. At 200 a pop, man. They they were selling them like wildfire. Yeah. They are full on the Insigne train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did anybody right. else catch that scarf that just says Lorenzo Insigne on one side of it? <laughs> but it's yeah. blue. Was it blue? I, I mean, blue I was out there. It's okay. Not, okay. I saw uh... one that that looked like a season ticket holder's uh, oh, okay. scarf, except for the fact that the team seems to be Lorenzo Insigne FC now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But they they made a killing on those jerseys at, at two bills a pop. That's for sure. And it was like the concert where everybody's buying the. Well, it's like the concert where everybody's buying the band T-shirt and then wearing it at the concert. Like there were so many people wearing their brand new Insigne shirts at the game. It was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Well, that was the first day they were available, so everybody was yep. uh, jumping on the train early. But um, as you guys mentioned, it, there was an actual game on Saturday, and it was, was actually there? <laughs> not that good. Um, as TFC dropped two results uh, this week, one to Columbus and one to Seattle, shipping four goals and only scoring one. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. There's some news that actually just dropped within the last kind of like hour that we'll talk about off the top. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll get into the Michael Singh notebook, 
uh, this week as Mr. Singh is back from uh, attending the Insigne press conference last Monday. That's why he wasn't on the show last week. And then we'll get into a bit of a preview of San Jose TFC this weekend, which might be Insigne's uh, first game. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then, of course, we'll go through our uh, three burning questions a week. You guys hit us with some really great questions uh, as always this yep. week. But quickly, guys, let's just recap uh, the two losses this past week, one against Columbus and one against Seattle. Um, I couldn't go to the game uh, on Wednesday night. I was here uh, working the Forge game. But um, from all accounts, from what I watched and the stats, a game TFC statistically probably should have won, but somehow didn't. Uh, so I'd love to get you guys uh, just really quickly your thoughts on uh, the Columbus game. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's just hilarious that the guy that, that, that did it was a, was a former TFC Academy product, right? Like we're, we're talking about the kids underperforming on the field and then a former kid comes in and overperforms on the field. It's, it seems weirdly fitting in some, in some macabre way. That was that was my initial takeaway. Uh, you know, it, it's difficult to to separate the Columbus game at this point uh, because the Seattle one was just so damn disappointing. I thought, like like the stats bear out, the Columbus game was was a battle and and it could have tilted in 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 either direction. Uh, even though you know TFC were pretty listless at, at, at the final analysis, but but that Seattle game just put such a bad taste in my mouth, and I think the fandom's mouth that you know. That that's the one that people are harping on, as evidenced by the by the Tunnel Club. Uh, what was it yesterday? Uh, yesterday afternoon. That seems to be the one that's really, really getting people uh, getting people tied up in a knot. I actually thought that the games were kind of similar, um, where TFC had a lot of possession. I believe in both games, um, but they they never really threatened too much either game uh, with it. There was. Columbus or Seattle. I think mm-hmm. the best chance was when, I mean, on Saturday, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but on Saturday when Jesus and Paws linked up and Paws almost, you know, towed it past the keeper in the the middle of the park there. Like, that was probably their best chance they created from both games. That includes yep. Jesus Jimenez's goal. Um, so it's, it's different because, you know, a lot of times we're talking about TFC breakdowns defensively. We're talking about them being unable to keep the ball the way that they would like, but now we're talking about them unable to break down a low block in the final third. And it's just, it's another, I guess, issue that the team's kind of navigating towards. And to be honest, I'm not too worried about it because they have someone who's winning in the wings that thrives in breaking down low blocks and is a game changer when it comes to that stuff. So when you throw a guy like Lorenzo Insigne on the pitch, in either of those games, I believe he has the potential to make the difference when teams are sitting back. So I'm not too concerned about it. It just it stings a little bit because those were both winnable games, in my opinion. Yeah, yep. and it's and it's a. It, I think the Columbus result, maybe more than the Seattle result, is probably disappointing. Only because if you and hopefully we'll get into the stats part. We're, we're going to get into some breaking news in the first segment. We'll see if we have time to talk about it in a bit more depth, but. You know, if you look at the stats for both games, Toronto FC statistically dominate the game, right? They double up in possession. They double up in the number of passes. They actually create more shots on goal, right? Like they, they actually, even from an XG perspective, it's, it's not that bad, right? Compared to how we sort of started off the year. Uh, And yet 
still finding a way to lose games. And, uh, and yeah. I think that's the frustrating part for me personally, because I, I'm, I'm seeing the same things, Mike, you're talking about, right? Like I'm seeing the progression of the ball. I'm seeing them being able to possess the ball and start to create things. But Saturday was a sort of lesson in why possession sometimes isn't always the letter of the law. Very well put. Because mm-hmm. you can pass the ball a million times up the side to 20 yard, uh, the 20 or 18 yard box. But if you can't penetrate um, and you can't really create those chances, then it kind of becomes an exercise. It just becomes a passing exercise. And what and a way to tire yourself out and considering well, I mean, the fixture the congestion. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about it on the tunnel club, right? You, you have these passing charts and in the wins that Toronto FC have had, they've been much wider. They've been a lot more dynamic. They've been able to hit on the counter a lot more. Whereas in these sort of games where they plod to have a lot of possession but can't break blocks down, you could just see a million passes in the middle of the park and nothing penetrates. So, um, you know, that's, I think, where some of that frustration comes from. Because I think people are seeing that they have the ability to have that attack, but they just want to see that end product. And, and more times than not, it's just not coming off. So mm-hmm. can I ask something there, Mike? Why do you think they're struggling so much, in your opinion, or in Jeff, your opinion, to create chances and break down a low block in the final third. Like, what are you guys seeing out there? Jeff, you can go first. Uh, too fancy. I mean, I've got a, I've got a crib sheet of chicken scratch here and too fancy. I've got triple underlined. It seems like they're trying to do too much when there's an easier outlet. You know, I, I think of the idiom, like good things happen when you shoot the ball at the net, right? The goalkeeper could cough up and rebound for an easy That's tap. That's an old hockey they're, term right there. They're, 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 trying, they're trying to do too much. Um, you know, you see it in, in all the attacks that, you know, instead of going for maybe a, a lower percentage shot, they're looking for that, like, perfect through ball or that perfect, you know, cross. And, and, and they're just, it's just not connecting. That's, that's what I saw. Yeah, it's an interesting question, Mike. To me, I think it's right now in those in those games where they have a lot of that ball, they're very narrow, right? Those, those wingbacks are not as wide as you probably hope they would be. Um, and that's where the width comes when you set up the way that, that Bob's kind of setting up. When, you have, when you're trying to play those two up top with Io and, and Jimenez, they kind of sometimes want to drop in some of the same spaces, um, and, and you, what you end up in, in a situation is, and you can see it in some of the passing maps where very, you know, you can see between Michael Bradley, Jonathan Osorio, Alejandro Pozuelo and Jimenez specifically, they're very close together. Uh, and it becomes a little bit easier to defend them when they're so compact and you, and you don't feel like you have a threat out wide whether it be from Kosi Thompson or from Luca Petrasso. And I, I and, and and you're right, maybe Lorenzo Insigne is the difference there where he can come in and take so much attention away from other people. It opens up space if he's able to maybe stick a little bit wider. But I also think that he's going to have the tendency to want to cut in on his right foot and come inside. So we'll see how that works. But that's kind of what I'm seeing both just with my eyes but also from a, a statistical point of view. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think Axis makes a great point just to interrupt for one second. It could be as simple as this. Like they give up the first goal way too early all the time. You know, we're talking about a team that has, uh, you know, a clean sheet record that's, that's abysmal. They're always chasing the game. That changes game states, right? They're never, you know, as much as, as much as we'd like to think that they're, that they're on the front foot. When you're chasing a game perpetually, 
you have to adjust your tactics because you don't want to ship two more goals, right? So, so there's an emphasis on defensive responsibility that we know is kind of their weak point. Um, anyway, that I, ju- I just think that it can be simplified maybe to, to just that, you know, you keep conceding in the first 15 minutes, you're never really owning the game states you're 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 perpetually on the back foot trying to avoid making a fool out of yourself yeah and statistically i I sort of dug into the numbers ahead of the tunnel club yesterday and and look tfc the the two most common times tfc give away goals are within the first 15 minutes and the first 15 minutes after the second half starts um it's it's like a disproportionate like it's really high um so there's clearly something there about starting right like starting games and starting halves where they're yeah. just not locked in uh, as a team defensively. Yeah, no, you, all, I think all of those are definitely factors. What I'm also seeing out there is there's a bit of a disconnect with the way the team wants to play. I think Bob Bradley, the way he sets up his side typically, and we saw this in the Seattle game, um, the side that likes to play typically quickly through the middle of the park. Uh, in When they started the Seattle match, uh, you talk about TFC playing really narrow. Do you know who their right winger was in that game? No, I'm trying to remember. Versus Seattle, I'm trying to remember. Versus yeah, Seattle, in the first half, where they were, they, they were kind of playing IO a little bit, like kind of wide. They they were switching at times, as I remember. Yeah, see, so that that's perfect epitome of what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Their right mm-hmm. winger was actually technically Alejandro Pozuelo, and. I think we just like, don't want to ever see him on the right winger. So we were like, nope, nope, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So the, that's the way they initially started the match. And the way that pause works, as we all know, he, he, he drifts inside. Well, he was time. inside for most of the game. Yeah. He was inside for most yeah. of the game, which is why actually in the second half, TFC made a change and brought off IO, brought on DeAndre Kern, shift to more of a 4 2 3 1 and allowed Paz to play as a number 10 because, honestly, he was doing that anyways where he kind of free roams all around the pitch. So, for yeah. me, there was a bit of a disconnect there because in Bob Bradley's system, you see Kosi on the right-hand side with a lot of space in front of him, but he also, when he picks up the ball, A, he's not really that threat driving forward that you need out of attacking fullback in this system, and B, there wasn't much support around him when he did yeah. pick up the ball. So, there was kind of a the right side was a little bit dead for TFC. And that's actually how, if you go look back at the tape, that's how Seattle scored the first goal. It was one switch over the top from their right to our right-hand side, beat Salcedo, obviously, and and squared the pass in. So there was a lot of disconnect there, I think, in in Toronto's build-up play. And the other thing is they don't have a lot of runners making runs off the ball. There's not much movement with Toronto Mm -hmm. FC. There's a lot of players who like Very static, yeah. At the feet, right? So you have Ozo in there, you have Paz, you have Jesus Jimenez. He likes to come short short and collect the ball. Io isn't as mobile as we've seen um, Mm -hmm. from Io Akinola in the past. There's just a little bit of of too much disconnect there for me with the team right now moving forward. And hopefully Lorenzo Insigne can just be that extra element that they need to kind of smoothen things out because I'm just seeing a lot of lot of different ideas i guess throughout the game yeah and i think that speaks again to what we've talked about on this podcast and the tongue club before just in terms of alejandro's alejandro pazuelo's fit in this team right like does he fit really what we want to do going forward like i get the arguments that he is a great player he he you can see it 
right? You see it every game. Like you, you see yeah, those flashes, but just being great sometimes isn't enough if you don't fit in the system. Cause if you don't fit in the system, your greatness gets negated by the fact that, yeah, you are leaving Kosi Thompson on an Island sometimes defensively, right? Especially yeah. when we're asking him to push forward and be that wide player uh, on an overlap. Right. So I, you know, I, there, there are some questions here that need to be answered both in this window. And I think in the off season in terms of, you know, how are we moving forward with the way that we want to play? Um, and that kind of gets into this first segment here, which is a little bit of a change, uh, Mike, probably from the run sheet that you have. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, I, you know, there is news out there that just dropped. Um, I don't know how relevant it is, but or how real it is. But the idea that Carlos Salcedo uh, might be being shopped by Toronto FC. Um, as a lot of people know, he's currently back in Mexico right now um, with family. Um, there is apparently a family illness or something of that nature. I don't want to speculate or spend time speculating on that. Um, if he's got obviously issues with his family, we just wish him the best and wish his family the best. Uh, but uh, it does open the question that, you know, if the club is looking to move him or if he has requested a move for this reason, you know, what does that, where does that leave Toronto FC in terms of this? I'm calling it a rebuild. Other people may not call it that, but uh, you know, where are we left in this process, especially as he has been here for uh, less than six months almost? I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll start. I'll fill, I'll fill some of the blanks there. I, I did see the article. Um, I don't put too much weight into that article. I, I don't think it's coming from, or it's phrased the right way. TFC mm-hmm, aren't, mm-hmm. from what I've been told, TFC are not actively shopping Carlos Salcedo. The way the article is written makes it seem like, like TFC are going to team to team to team, trying to find a, a way out for Salcedo. Yeah, that's a not, suitor. Yeah, of course. Of that's course, not what's yeah. happening. Um, yeah, as, as Mike said, without speculating too much, we'll go off what, by what Bob Bradley said. There's family emergency with with uh, Salcedo. He uh, has been back to Mexico a couple of times. He just gave birth to him and his, his wife there, just gave birth to... Uh, their newborn and I just hope everything is okay in that regard he also has another young yeah. son so we, we just hope that everything is okay in that regard and one thing is, is Salcedo as we've known is he's a very family oriented person and I believe that his family is in Mexico right now while he's in Toronto which is very tough just from a personal standpoint um, being away from especially such a young family and everything like that so with the way that things might unfold here, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it's it's a situation that's literally happening within the last last little bit. It's not like this is something that's been brewing. And I, I think the article kind of phrases it in a little bit of a wrong way that TFC are yeah. actively trying to get out of Salcedo. That's not that's not the case. So we'll see kind of how this situation plays out. But it is certainly possible that by the end of this window, Salcedo does move on from Toronto FC for what I would say personal reasons. Yeah. Now we had a question we were discussing and we wanted to ask you before, uh, before, uh, if he goes, do we get the DP spot back or does that stay used until next year? No, you would get a designated player spot if Salcedo is transferred out of major league soccer. But okay. do, but does the cap hit still stay on the, the cowards that come back off the cap? Like his, 
his salary cap hit. Yeah, like his uh, salary cap hit on a DP so contract. I, it would be prorated, I believe. I'm not like an expert on this matter. Any, yeah. But if you bring in a DP in the summer, instead of it counting at 612, 500, it's half of that. So I'm okay. assuming that it would cost maybe half of his his DP contract. But I'm not an expert when it comes to that regard. Uh, but no one is. <laughs> the DP yeah. spot for sure would be would be open. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, hmm. th- I, maybe I'll hold on that because there's some questions in uh, the three burning questions that sort of pertain to uh, transfer stuff as this time of year will always uh, do. But, um, you know, there it, it came up in the Tunnel Club yesterday. Um, you know, I'll, I'll sort of just bring it up here, just get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, look, a lot of people kind of pointed the finger at Carlos Salcedo for the first goal because he did get the he got beat on, bad. on the wing. Um, which again may speak to how Toronto FC are defending as a team right now, because why is he needing to be that wide um, when defending? Uh, but right now, you know, going into now we're 18 games into the season, uh, you know, are we are are we starting to are we starting to get enough body of information from Carlos Sosa to say like is this actually something that is working for the team? I'm not, not talking about whether he's worthy of a DP slot, right? Like I that that is subjective to every team, right? Because it depends on what every team values. But um, is is this working out for Toronto FC in terms of what they had hoped to get from him, both from on field perspective but also from a leadership perspective off the field? Is this sort of working out right now? Um, and I'll, I'll well, start with Jeff and, and we'll go from there. I think, you know, I, my, the first thing on my notes is blaming the kids wholesale is the easy answer. I think sending like at this point, talking about an individual player, even even Pozuelo at this point is kind of not the entire story because there's such failing in, you know, in terms of systems, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, on field performance and on, you know, leaving people exposed and stuff like that. Like, sure, it wasn't pretty. And I, I tweeted out a rather snide, you know, that's our DP defender comment after I watched him get smoked, you know, just just like a pylon. And, and you know, I, I'll own that. But at the end of the day, you know, it, with the in the sober second thought in the cold light of day. I don't know. I don't know if you can make that assessment, right? Like he's played, we've played our first choice center back pairs. How many times? Three times? Like you can count it on, on one hand, right? And then you've got the kids to deal with and you've got the, the fullback situation. So no, I, I don't know if we can give him a report card grade. Certainly, you know, judging from, from some of the comments that I'm looking at in the chat, people would like to show him the door and replace him with, you know, the mystical Tam center back that we'll get for, for $0 that is going to come in and you Victor Vasquez. It, yeah, 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 exactly. If we, if we want red cards, let me tell you, let's get some Daniil Henry in there. I don't know. I don't know. Look, you know, we were all so high on Carlos Osaito when he, when he showed, when he first showed up because he's, he's a silky player. He's got silky skills. He, he, he commands a certain respect on the pitch. He's got panache, you know, he's a vocal guy, but he's been exposed far too often. And, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, th- th- this is going to be my answer for so many of these questions. I, I just don't know anymore because like you said on the tunnel club, it's been such a roller coaster ride with this squad. You know, you get, you get a week of positivity and then a week of like existential crisis negativity. Right. So, you know, does it does it mean his position safe? Absolutely not. As we like to say very often, this is a results-based business and we're not getting results. But, you know, t- 
to lose a player six months into his tenure, uh, you know, is is always a, a, a is always not ideal, right? Yeah, it's it's been it's been really stop and start this season for Salcedo is the one thing I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's obviously the couple of suspensions he picked up early in the year, and then he yeah he got COVID, and then of course he had you know the family emergency, so. It, He's played with so many different center back pairings. There hasn't really been too much consistency. He's playing with the kids. You know, there's a lot of reasons. Kids, by the way, who are not natural fullbacks. So let's yeah. really emphasize that point. Home. It must be, must be emphasized, yes. Some, sometimes we glance over that. Um, is he the best center back on Toronto FC? I think, I think he's easily, in my opinion, the best center back on Toronto FC. That being said, you know, there's always the asterisk with the DP contract status. Is he worth being yeah. a designated player? My opinion, absolutely not. Um, mm-hmm. Is he what Toronto FC expected when they went out and got him? I guess before let me answer that before I answer that question again, emphasize the reason why TFC got Carlos Salcedo in the first place was to get out of Jefferson. So that was the main reason. My guy, right. that was the main right. reason. Yep. And then Salcedo obviously filled a need that they that they needed at the back. Um, but, you know, the designated player tag was always going to be tough to, to live up to, especially as a defender overall in just Major League Soccer. Is he a bad player? 100%. No. Has he lived up to expectations, had a rough go in sort of a foreign country to him? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd mm-hmm. say so. There was a, a stretch there about two weeks ago where he was starting to kind of raise his game. I asked Bob Bradley about it. He actually agreed that Salcedo had been a, a lot better. And then, of course, the family emergency happened. So yeah, it just, yeah, it's, it's been yeah, a, yeah. It's been a, a bunch of, of bad breaks, I think, for for Salcedo. But that being said, um, let's say hypothetically the team does end up freeing up a DP spot. I don't think they'll be too upset about that aspect of it. Hmm. Interesting, because I, I feel it's kind of too early to give up on this Salcedo thing. I know... I know there's a lot. They may of, not have a choice. You know what I they mean? They may not, not have a choice. And, that, yeah. that is yeah, yeah. 100%. That might just be, that choice might be taken out of their hands. Um, and, and that, and again, you just have to respect it if that's the case. But if it's not, and he still wants to be here, then I, I think you write him out. And I know that's not the popular sentiment with the TFC right now, uh, Land. But um, I, I think you really do want to figure out what you have here. Because I think there is a very good center back who can be very, very useful to this team going forward, right? Not just from a defending. First of all, he's been isolated and de- like exposed so many times by the team around him mm-hmm. defensively, right? Like I think we've mentioned yeah. on the podcast before, this team defensively is just not good, right? And, no. and they and they do leave their defenders really exposed at times. And there's some times where I do feel bad for the defenders because I know they're going to get slack from the fans but it really isn't fully their fault because they're put in a, a I don't want to say an impossible position, but they're put in a very difficult position, a very defensive, difficult position. And in the end of the day, when the ball goes in, it's the goalkeeper and the center back that always gets looked at as the, why didn't you stop that? But in fact, yep, there yep. were several things ahead of that play that actually caused that goal, but we just don't remember them. Right. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I really think it would be early to jettison the Carlos Salcedo experience, um, you know, DP tag and all, 
right? Like I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing in MLS to necessarily spend your DP money on a center back. If that's going to make you better, because look in this league, def- defenses win you MLS cups, right? Like 100%. teams that keep the ball out of the net win MLS cups, right? And then that's just the reality of how this league <laughs> still runs. Let's, Mike, what if I told you Carlos Salcedo was the highest paid defender in major league soccer? Well, yeah, you okay. He's living up to that tag. No, of course not. No, of course he's not. A defender in Major League Soccer. Well, I know that, but I mean, at the same time, I I, I think you still got to figure that out, right? Six, not even six months. You really, we're really just gonna toss that away. Um, I mean, Jefferson Soteldo is a, a special case, and that was something completely different outside of the field of play. You know, I I think mm-hmm. that if you are gonna pay him that money, you got to at least figure out, give him a year to figure it out right a lot of players that come in from other countries to MLS it takes them time to adapt now I know he's and played in the league yeah. before but he needs some time to adapt the league is entirely different than when he played in it before and also listen the team we're, we're, all, we're all at the point at least we should be at the point where this this year is a write-off like it is what it is you know enjoy the Canadian championship maybe we sneak into a playoff spot is Lorenzo going to do cool tricks am I going to buy the t-shirt right like that that should be the goal of this year. So why are we, why are we saying, no, you, you haven't made the grade based upon six months. Again, this could be entirely out of our decision-making process. This could be simply adjusting for a player's need to move for personal human reasons. And if so, so be it, right. It's unfortunate. And it, and again, you know, you look at the last couple of years, you know, players come in for six months now. Like we, you know, we basically, we, we had Kamar Lawrence for a cup of coffee. Uh, you know, we had Salteldo for a cup of, uh, Salteldo, whatever his name is, Twinkle Toes mixed mix step overs for, for a cup of coffee. And now we're going to have, you know, our DP center back for a cup of coffee. And that, that doesn't, doesn't look very well. The optics of that are terrible, despite, you know, each one having its own individual. Well, it looks like old Right, like well, it does. It feels like old yeah. TFC, right? Well, and, well, and let's, let's emphasize mm-hmm. that latter point you made there, Jeff. Just again, if if Carlos Salcedo leaves, it's not because of his performance on the pitch. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I think that's Although, crazy. and again, just just to be the clown prince of chaos, right? I don't even want to go there because I don't. I don't want to. I. You know what? Forget I said anything because this is you know a family <laughs> emergency is. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to even. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 you can't speculate. Yeah, you can't, you but, can't speculate. Yeah. But, but yeah, and I don't want to, I don't, you know, save that for, for four pints in, if anything, but like, you know, it is, if this year is about figuring out what we've got in, in every respect, figuring out who works well together, figuring out which one of the kids have a future with us or a future elsewhere or no future. Um, then we've got that has to be an all or nothing an all for an all for one kind of kind of situation right like there should be no there should be no negative passes to to based on performance because we're figuring we're figuring this stuff out at least with respect to that you know but i do think that there will come a time where it gets figured out and then moves have to be made yeah yeah no that that's fair I, the last thing i guess i'll say on this is that if this was not take DP tag out of it, I think you're there, Jeff, where, you know, TFC would love to be patient with, with Carlos Salcedo. That's very, very fair. And, and That's they very, it's very just, fair. It's just a matter of can that DP spot be better spent elsewhere? 
And my opinion through this six months, it might be too early, but I think it's unconvincingly uh, a yes when you hear about some of the other names that the team and MLS in general is being linked mm-hmm. with. Um, so, yeah, I think for me personally, I think it's 100%. I think that could, that DP spot could be better spent elsewhere. Okay. Then hang on to that thought uh, mm-hmm. because that comes up in our three burning questions. So just hang on Sweet. to, to Sweet. that thought, Mrs. Zing. Um, uh, let's, uh, let's jump into the Michael Singh notebook um, because uh, it, it's fun time for everybody. And, uh, and <laughs> part of the three burning questions uh, is basically Michael Singh, tell us everything. Uh, it's a general <laughs> question, but I know Never. you got you gotta you gotta save some for the paid uh, for the paid uh, content. So, but let's just go to the notebooks. Uh, you were at training last week. Um, obviously, two matches in the week. We saw who ended up playing, but were there any any interesting notes that came out of training? Things that uh, you know you saw Crescito's first uh, steps onto the training pitch. You saw Insigne's first steps onto the training pitch. How did that go for those guys? Yeah, no, that that was probably the most uh, inter- interesting part of the week because that's obviously the story that everybody's been keeping their, their eye on. Uh, it started with, the, I guess, Lorenzo Insigne press conference last Monday, which was, it was cool. That jacket. Because, yeah. Can you give me that jacket, man? Like, you know, yeah. you, you got the hookup? Why isn't Ovo making that jacket? Like, I don't want another hoodie. I want that <laughs> damn jacket, man. Put an please owl inside. And, yeah. Just what? please don't say Ovo. <laughs> what is it? Okay, Ovo. What is it? I don't know. OVO. I've only ever read it. OVO. OVO? October's very I know what it stands for. October's very own. Uh, that's oh. too good. OVO? Uh, Whatever. It is OVO. It is OVO. Uh-huh. Your hip hop lesson for the day, everybody. <laughs> oh, we're calling we're calling Drake hip hop now. Am I? Well, I don't know. Let's, let's, for now. For now. All right, all right. Um, yeah, uh, but I was actually on MLS Twitter Spaces last week after the press conference, and that's what they—that's what Tom Bogart asked me about was Insigne's outfit. I'm like, man, honestly, the diamond studs that he was wearing in his ears are probably worth more than I've made in my entire career. So the entire <laughs> uh, salary cap for yeah, uh, yeah, for yeah. for a Houston Dynamo. Yeah, yeah. you know when he. When he came off the plane in uh in his all Celine jumpsuit, I was like, okay, the bar has been the bar has been set, Lorenzo Insigne, and you know that's that's the thing about Lorenzo, and we've we've seen it uh, throughout this past week is that he does have that that it factor, that star power. Um, sure, he has the ability to create that buzz uh, around BMO Field, and we've even seen that buzz on training. Uh, Friday was his first time at the BMO training grounds as a Toronto FC player officially. Um, he was in his training kit and all, as you guys have all seen the pictures that we got to take on social media. And what was particularly cool was there was a section of fans uh, that actually showed up to the training ground. Yeah. I um, saw the pictures. Yeah. And as, as Crescito walked out, uh, it was a lot of people were, were Genoa fans. Actually, I'm sure there was some, some inebriati uh, members and, and whatnot there too. But they started chanting for Crescito, which is, you know, at the training ground. That's pretty, that's pretty surreal. So, um, yeah, just, yeah, you can tell there's, there's that buzz that's coming back to this team. And Insigne was, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's short. Like I'm, I'm personally, I'm pretty short. Like, I think I'm like five, five, six, let's say. 
maybe I'm maybe five, than seven five, on a good day. Yeah, I think, I don't I think, think so. you're five. So. Yeah, lift, all right. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but he's like he's like two inches shorter than me, um, so he's he's yeah he's definitely a smaller guy, but he definitely has that that it star factor. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they only make those blazers in in child sizes, so there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was probably the the coolest part or the biggest part um, about this past week. And yeah, nothing really else to add aside from TUC do look like they're getting healthier, which is nice. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, this is nice. This is, you know, it moves the needle. Like Insigne signing was as much of a business decision as it was a footballing decision. And on the business front, it's already paying dividends, right? Like we saw the scarves, we saw the shirts. There were at least, 5,000 people at the game that thought it was Insigne's debut on Saturday and were pretty upset that he only got <laughs> trotted out for like 15 seconds during halftime. July 9th is going to be lit. I mean, we're, you know, we still haven't even mentioned, you know, whether we think he's even going to play. A lot of people in the chat are talking about, uh, uh, you know, what, what's up with the, with the calf injury that, that, that precluded his participation in some of the marquee matches on his way out of Napoli. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily need to get into that. Um, you know, and that's positive. That means that TFC can sustain itself, at least, it, it, you know, in a in a in a fiscal way, as we work through the kinks of 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 what's driving us all crazy as as you know hardcore super supporters. Uh, that's entirely positive. You know, bringing bringing out new fans. You know, previously uh, TFC adverse people. You know, that are hardcore soccer heads back into the fold is wonderful news for this club. It's wonderful because we love to spend money and this and this brings money. Richard, just buy me the, the OVO hoodie instead of making fun of me, dude. <laughs> no, Richard, I don't know, man. Check your bank account for you. Buy that hoodie because it's yeah, 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 not yeah. cheap. It's a hell of a lot of money. It is not but cheap. But I mean, that, that's, that's super positive to me and I, and I love that. I love that before he's even set foot on the, on the, on the Cisgrass uh, uh, or, or, uh, it's not cis yeah it is cis grass uh or maybe it's it's a different one but uh regardless before he steps on the pitch at bmo he's already paying dividends and that's what you want out of a guy that you 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 break the bank for you know what i mean there's there's tangible excitement in the city etc etc ad infinitum that's great yeah i think the i think the the signing of lorenzo insigne and and you know bill manning mentioned it uh, on the press conference when they announced the signing this is as much a business decision as it is a footballing one Right. Like yeah. it's this is about driving revenue and getting people back in the gates. I know super fans hate talking about that and supporters hate talking about the money side of things, but that is important. It is. It yeah, is the club can't exist part. on our one beer, you know, yeah, our, exactly, our, our right? one like, beer split between eight people and, and you know, the, the one poutine that we buy every yeah, year. Yeah. Like months, so. Right? So from that perspective. I get that. I can also understand some who are kind of rolling their eyes at the amount of Lorenzo Insigne content that is coming out right now. Um, and especially, I, mean, I know, so I, I like, I'm, I, I'm kind of like whatever, but because I'm not out there buying a Familia t-shirt or anything like that, yeah, yeah. but I, I get it, right. I get people being excited and wanting to get the stuff. Um, but you know, I'm not necessarily a stuff guy. Uh, says the guy with the zip up in the background, but um, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I can also understand that people are just like, I just want to see him on the pitch, just get him on the pitch, and I want to see him play, right? So, yeah, completely understand that from that perspective. 
Uh, Mike, can I just, from, from the press conference perspective, if you don't mind me asking, um, what were your impressions of him uh, while he was answering some of the questions? I know some people were like, some of the Toronto media questions are ridiculous. I don't think they were that bad. But no. like, um, what were your sort of impressions on him in terms of how he answered the way that he sort of was carrying himself and seeing this as he called it and as it's called in the football world project. Yeah. I, I thought he said all the right things. Um, yeah. I, I've been through a bunch of those pressures already and it's pretty, pretty standard. There's never really anything spicy that gets, gets thrown out in an environment like that. Um, I'm not sure what people were expecting. Yeah, exactly. To ask her <laughs> what what questions were were missed there, I thought all the standard questions in every press conference when a sign like this comes down was asked. Um, yeah, and yeah, he he seems like he was bought into the project and understands that it is going to be a bit of a a rebuild. And you know, he, he said, sure, he didn't come here for money, but like, come on. Like Come he on. said for his family's yeah, yeah. family's well being. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Save money in a different way. Uh yeah. 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 No, but like who's gonna like who who would if somebody's gonna brack up the brinks truck for you to move to job, you're going in a heartbeat. You're going before they you even hear the first beep of the backup sound yeah. on the truck. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's the definition of a dog and pony show. You bring him out, he smiles for the camera, you ask him the same questions that have been written for hundreds of years at this point. Because like, like the man said through his interpreter, he wants to, he wants to show, he wants us to love him for what he does on the pitch, you know, not, not that and this and that. And, so, and we haven't seen it yet. So we're in a holding pattern with, with the Lorenzo Insigne experience. And, and, you know, there are, there are tons of unanswered questions, but the only way they get answered is is on that field of play so you know bring on july the 9th and uh just my last question on the on this whole insigne experience uh here's just which it didn't really intended to be a whole insigne segment because we've done that already but here we are Mm -hmm. um does he play july 9th because there is that sort of nagging little calf thing that's that's hanging in the background um, it, it, or is it more of a situation where we may see him on the bench and if he can get on for a couple of minutes, he gets on for a couple of minutes? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I would say a couple, couple things a lot. First, when we asked Bob Bradley last week, I believe it was Friday, he said that they're going to be cautious with him as he is still working his way back from that injury, especially when you make yep. this type of investment in a player. So we did start it with that. And that's why Insigne wasn't really training uh, fully on Friday. He was training on his own indoors and doing whatever gym work, whatever it was he needed to do. Um, But with the way that the team is promoting this, it does seem like he would be on the verge of making some sort of appearance or feature on Saturday. This, this upcoming week will honestly be telling when I get back to training probably tomorrow. Um, and see whether or not he is back there at on the pitch. Because if he is there on the yeah. pitch on, on Tuesday, there's a good chance that all things considered that that he does does make his TFC debut on, on July 9th along with Crescuto. Yeah, there'll be there'll be a riot if he doesn't at least get trotted out for for fifteen minutes or so at the end of the game. You know, people are people are expecting it. 
Sure. Um, I, I personally do not care. Like, like if, if he's not fit, don't play him, right? Like, it, it, yeah, there's but- no need to rush him out. I get the promotional hype behind it, and we just had a conversation just about the business of the signing. Yeah. Um, but the business of the signing kind of gets tanked if he goes out there for 50 minutes and that calf goes kablooey and he's done for the season or he's done explain, for a period of time. Explain it to section 112 with the with the crying children that wanted to see and sing there. Hey, right? look, it's, I, it's a, I get it. It's a I horrible, it. it's a catch-22, but yeah. But no, yeah. I, I 100% understand that. But from a, like, look, he signed until 2020. Like he signed until the next World Cup. Right. So let's, why are we, why are we rushing this now? Um, you know, if it's yeah, take an extra week, if he's got to take an extra week, it sucks. I get it for the people who are coming July 9th, hundred percent. Cause apparently it is as sold out as we've been in a while or pretty close mm-hmm. sold out, but you'll get another chance to see him. Right. Like it, you know, I'd rather him be fit. Wait, if it, even if it takes two or three games and he has to sit and be fit, do that. Like, don't worry. Like, if the fan, like, I and I, and Bob Riley does not strike me as the kind of guy who's going to really care about whether or not um, it's sold out and people are there to see Insigne. If he's not fit, he's not playing. And that should be to me that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, don't yeah. Dis- I don't disagree. I just, I know that there's an enormous amount of pressure to trot out the, the new hotness. And, and, you know, that pressure can't, it can't be waved away, unfortunately. And, and considering the state of the team, uh, this year and their desire to 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 get back into relevancy, um, you know, aside from winning, it's it's bringing out this the new hot signing, and you're only going to get a few chances with with you know the casuals before they lose interest. You know, you're only going to you're you know fool me once, right? The people that bought tickets on July 9th are not going to be so eager to buy tickets on July. 12th or whatever the case may be if they don't if they don't get to see their Lorenzo sighting right so it is a, it is a law of diminishing returns regardless of the fact that these are human beings we're talking about and, and you don't want him to go out there and, and pop his knee and and then be out for the rest of the season absolutely yeah, yeah exactly that's just simple you have to bite um yeah, the main point I think I agree with Mike is if he's healthy try to know if there's any sort of sign that he's not 100% fit and able to play then don't need to risk. You're investing over 70, 75, 80 million dollars in this asset. Yeah. You're not risking it over rushing his debut. It's that just that doesn't make much sense yeah. to me. Yeah, exactly. Those tickets no. are sold no matter whether he plays or not. So the the tickets are sold. Uh yeah. so and then they just if anything, it just pushes it to another home game where they can sell out another game. Uh so from a business perspective, there you go. Um, last question in regards to this the notebook, Mike. Just we get it every week. Um, the transfer window for everybody who is asking, it opens on Thursday, okay, officially, uh, and it runs to the 8th, so we have a month, and you're going to ask every single week, uh, so <laughs> we'll guess we'll kind of ask every single week um, about transfers. Uh, I, I didn't see anything sort of new coming out uh, on the pipe in regards to transfers. Anything, Mike, you're hearing that you can uh, sort of talk about in terms of potential who might be? Who else might be coming in uh, during the window? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll throw out some stuff out there. The first thing, let me address Richie Larea. I don't think. Uh, I think it's probably fallen off a little bit. Um, okay. Based on on the price it would have taken to acquire him, as well as there are other offers that TFC are now competing with when it comes to 
to Richie Larea. So that part's a little, little dicey there. And I, I, I think it's cooled off uh, on that okay. front. I know there was interest from both parties in potentially making that happen, but I don't think it's, uh, it's going to happen. Um, we did promise something window. about Bernadescu. <laughs> the trade window opens mm-hmm. on July 7th. And I believe TFC would be active in that window. It's not just the transfer market, right? It's also the trade window. And I believe TFC would be active in some regard in that window. Um, And then, yeah, Federico Bernadeschi um, is the guy's name who Jeff just butchered. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, Joe. I was going to let it go. You know, let somebody else kill you in the comments. Ah, whatever. Um, it's it's a theme today. I'm mispronouncing like everything. I didn't know he turned Romanian all of a sudden. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I'll say on Verdadashi is that in, I'm not. I don't know where the rumor started. To be honest with you, but what I've been told is the interest from Toronto FC is very much real. And Verdadashi, hmm. Italian, of course, uh, played for Juventus most recently. Uh, primarily as a right winger, but he's actually been moved all around sort of the midfield. And I can see him kind of slotting in pretty seamlessly on the, on the right-hand side on this roster. And some other transactions would have to take place in order for Bernadeschi to join Toronto FC officially. So, like I said, I, the interest is very, very much real from Toronto FC, but... Hmm. There are still some hurdles to Yeah, because he's on a free, right? Like, he's not he's with you anymore. Yeah, okay. Do you know if there's interest from him to come to TFC? I would say the interest is is somewhat mutual, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of offers, as we've seen in the past, that their TFC would be competing with. But um, how far along they've gone shows me that there's interest from, from both parties. Wow. That's... That's some breaking news, and mm-hmm. and helps us out in a in a very weak uh, weak right side of the of the pitch. So, yeah, yeah. And what uh, is what uh, it? Mm, go go ahead, ahead, Jeff. No, 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 no. I was forming a question as I was saying it. So you might as no, well. No, it was just on more on that because I this was also asked throughout the week um, in terms of three burning questions. So I've kind of amalgamated them all into one, as specifically around uh, Junior Hoylet. I know that name has been bandied around a little bit. Again, we. We never had anything solid, so I don't know if there's any real uh, punch to that. But uh, just in, is there any update there on on the potential junior? Obviously, if you're talking about Bernadeschi, like junior wouldn't make a ton of sense. But mm-hmm. does the, is there is that still something that TFC are open to? Junior toilet? Yeah. Um, I believe so. Yeah, and I, again, I haven't really gotten much information on that actually recently. Um. But I, I believe there would still be interest in making that move happen based on what I was told um, previously. We'll kind of see how that works out. There's a lot of what I'll say is like these past two weeks, it seems like t- things have kind of taken a little bit of a turn from where they were um, maybe projecting to kind of reach and kind right. of go, kind of trend towards uh, that. That's what happens in, in the transfer market and soccer and, and everything. So, um, we'll see kind of how that situation plays out. But like I said, there was mutual interest from both parties. And if the numbers and figures and everything works out in that regard, 
Um, and Hoyler does have the ambition of coming home at this point of his career before the World Cup, then yeah, something could definitely get worked out in that regard. Okay. Love it. All right. Love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Jeff, we're keeping Jeff happy there. All right. Uh, <laughs> in terms of the Hoylet watch, uh, maybe we'll even start a clock even for that. Um, yeah, I might, all right. I might. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on here. Uh, just over to a quick preview uh, of aforementioned uh, July 9th game against San Jose. Um, another, it, like, it's not really a six pointer because obviously they're in the West and we're in the East, yeah, yeah. but kind of a six pointer in regards to the overall standings, because we're only, uh, we're on wins. We're all ahead of them, but we're actually tied on points at 18. Um, and this is the team that has conceded more goals than we have. The only team in MLS who has conceded more goals one, by the way. Um, and actually, again, digging into the they numbers, all count. <laughs> yeah, digging into the numbers a little bit, they're actually goals conceded has slowed down um, since they've made their coaching change. So actually, we, there's a base on numbers. We'll probably actually pass them unless we nice. change our uh, our, uh, <laughs> our sort of defensive ways. Um, but I mean, this has got to be looked at as three points, right? Like this has got to be a three pointer for TFC, considering you're a, you're playing a team that defensively is probably worse than you are which is hard to yep. say uh these days absolutely absolutely I, I mean that san jose is chaos right they were chaos with 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 uh their their outgoing coach and 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 their chaos with with their uh intern coach so you know it can't be a six-pointer again because different conferences but it's certainly a three-pointer and you know it's an important game, regardless of, of whether uh, number 24 is on the pitch. We need some points. Uh, and this this is a team that on paper we should be we should be mopping the floor with. So, you know, it, it's time to put up or shut up, I think. Yeah. That, listen, if Lorenzo Insigne were to debut on Saturday, it's a perfect timing for him to do so because they're facing a side that's straight up just not very good um same with crescito you add both those guys into the mix and hands down it's a, it's a game pfc should get getting three points out especially at home as you guys have yep. already touched on san jose is not very good i think they had four winless before um they beat chicago over the weekend and chicago's one of the only teams in mls right now that are worse than than san jose as TFC saw mm-hmm. a couple of weeks back at, at BMO Field when they pulled off the 3-2 come from behind win. So, yeah, it's, it's three points that I think TFC pretty much have to pick up at this point if they want to if they want to continue to be competitive, I guess, throughout the season and make a push to towards uh, towards the, the playoffs. So it's, it's, a, it's a big game, massive game. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it's also an important one to get three points before you go away to the Derby match against Montreal, right on the on the on the sixteenth, um, because you want to go into that game with a, True. a bit of confidence for a team right now. Montreal, this I know we beat them in the cup, but let's just be that was the B, maybe B minus team that we played, uh, and we got spanked by Seattle's kids. Just just. Exactly, the and they so, beat Seattle yeah. in Seattle uh, during the week. So you know the the. You really want to go in there with with uh, a bit of confidence. You want to go with three points in the bag. Uh, I know a lot of people are traveling uh, to that game uh, for the the away game in Montreal. So you you want them you want those supporters going in full voice with three points in their pocket, uh, then showing up 
on a, a three game winless streak again, 100%. Um, having lost to arguably the worst team in the league. Um, it, it, I mean, if it, if it does go that route, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, I think, I mm-hmm. think the, and, and, and this week it, it was a little surprising to see some of the Bradley out stuff already. Um, but I, I think you start to maybe hear a little, I know it's ridiculous, Mike. I, I, I get that, but it's there. Like I can't, it's there. It's, it's there. It's happening. Um, so, uh, you know, definitely uh, those grow louder, whether it's legitimate or not. Um, they, they grow louder if you end up losing to San Jose uh, on Saturday. So we'll see how that goes. And obviously we talked a lot about this being in Sydney's potential first game. So we don't have to go uh, too far uh, more into that. Um, let's get into three burning questions here uh, and sure. then let's sort of wrap up the show that way. Um, Sounds great. Some of these kind of got um, answered in your transfer uh, report there, Mike, but I will ask some of them. Uh, so the first one comes from at Russian bot uh, 3004 or 3004 as the regular people say it. Um, O-V-O. <laughs> exactly. There's my OV, there's my <laughs> moment. Um, what are the two positions of need going into this transfer window? Um, the, obviously, we, Lorenzo is going to come from a creative perspective on uh, the left. We've addressed the left back slash center back position um, with Crescito. Are there two other positions uh, that you think TFC need to think about strengthening in this window? Uh, Jeff, I'll start with you before we go to Mike. It's tough because, again, you know, it's such a revolving door of misfit toys playing square peg round hole. My first answer is all positions. Uh, but I but I think, you know, it, it, you know, giving it like two seconds of thought, I would say our our center back corps are pretty, pretty, pretty thin. Our center back core. Um, and a proper fullback, but Crescito sort of answers that need, so I'm going to reserve judgment on that. Um, there's talk about you know a need for a for a proper six to sort of alleviate Michael Bradley in a double pivot, but there's not enough space in that midfield for all of these sixes and eights and tens. So I I honestly don't know. I, I want to see the team. I want to I want to see what Lorenzo brings to the team before before uh, ad- addressing that. But I but you know. Knee jerk, yeah. Let's get a center back, somebody, somebody that that you know can take some minutes away from Shane O'Neill, uh, and and you know maybe maybe compliment uh, Mavinga or Salcedo when they're playing. Uh, How many center backs? You well, we already got four on the roster. We're talking about mm-hmm. a fifth, technically half in Crescito. You want a mm-hmm. five and a half center backs on a roster? That's a lot of center backs on a roster. Yeah, well, we need we need some capable ones. So yeah, I'd say Crescito is also a center back too. And that's what Bob Bradley said as well. He's doing sure he can play left back, uh, but he's also capable of playing in a back three on the left side or a left center back in a back four. So we are yeah, getting a lot. spammed by porn bots. This is fabulous. I'm just, I am on a regular duty here. Anyway, keep going. I'll, I'll handle the <laughs> getting them out of here. Um, yeah. So for me, Considering that Bob Bradley, well, first I agree with you, Jeff. There's a lot more than two positions that I think this team would love to improve. Yeah. Um, but for me, the way that Bob Bradley play, wants to play, it's a it's a four three three, right? Um, so considering that, I think the main priority should be addressing the right wing spot because we don't really like DeAndre Kerr is fine, good young player, 
And I think he has a really bright future in front of him, especially when you consider he's still growing and he, he has that physical aspect to his game and fast as fast as hell, honestly. Um, his first mm-hmm. step is, is one of the fastest that I've, I've seen. Maybe, maybe the fastest on this oh, team God. overall. So DeAndre Kerr doesn't really scream starting right winger to me. So I think that's yeah. the first one. That, Sorry. <laughs> first one that we would have to uh, address. The second position, probably ideally for me, would be a right back for Toronto FC. Um, Kelsey Thompson, Jaquiel are both good young players. But if you want to compete at, for an MLS Cup, are they necessarily the pieces that you want to be throwing out there every game at right back? Um, probably not. You'd probably rather supplement them in. Um, and they're both capable of playing other positions than just right back. We see, we saw Jaquiel a lot at left back. Um, so those are probably the two main ones for me. Third would also be an, another central midfielder um, just to add into the mix, not necessarily a six but maybe more of an eight box to box type of midfielder that has the ability to kind of move, uh, move quickly. Yeah, I agree. There, there are more than two positions, but if you had to pick two, to me, it is another holder, another six. Um, and, and, and this is not to discount Michael Bradley. Cause again, just to gain his stats, he's actually been probably one of Toronto FC's best players this year. Um, and I know again, People love to to dig on Michael Bradley. I do still believe that he shouldn't start every single match, but um, you know he's still actually in a way. This is a season where he's kind of rolling back the clock a little bit. Absolutely, um, in terms of his performances. And if you look, if great. you dig into the yeah, if you dig into the stats, he's actually playing quite well um, from that perspective. Considering you know a lot of people don't think he should be playing every ninety minutes. That includes me. Um, the other position I, I, I agree is a right winger. Um, I think you just need more than din- that dynamicism on that uh, right-hand side, um, whether it's a left footer cutting in um, or a right footer that takes it to uh, the, to the byline, which frankly, I don't think we have a lot of or enough of right now. Um, and that speaks to sort of Mike, what you were saying earlier about the fact that the team's kind of static in the way that they play um, everybody playing defeat, um, not really trying to, to get in behind uh, those porn bots must be really, really digging. Uh, I am, I am fighting that. a losing battle here, man. I am just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, like, yeah. So from from that perspective, I think uh, definitely the uh, those are the two positions that I would look at in terms of uh, positions that we need to to look at. Okay, next question. I agree with you guys. Yeah, next question. Uh, with reinforcements coming uh, to take up starting 11 positions, which TFC youngsters have done enough to continue fighting uh, for uh, uh, 11? <sighs> Tale as old as time, 11. this question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. At, and this is from at Ravia Jula. So hopefully. It's a good question. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic question, but uh, we, we keep asking it. Uh, I want, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Cause I certainly have some. Uh, for me, uh, I, I think right now, uh, the players that keep their spots or fight to keep their spots, um, I know what you just said about Kosi, Mike, but I think Kosi's actually done quite well for a player that's learning a position, playing it for the first time, maybe in his life. Uh, so that's, that's positive. Ralph Preso, I think as, as, is knocking on the door. I don't think he's replacing Michael Bradley because I don't think he's a six. I think he's more of an eight. Yeah. You think um, he's an A? Oh. Exactly. So uh, definitely Ralph Preso. Um, and uh, I guess out of that young core, 
you know, you still want to see a little bit of Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy just simply because I don't think he's got enough reps because of the injury. Um, those are the three I would say. I would I would hesitate to say Jaden Nelson, but with Insigne coming, unless they're going to shift him over to the right um, at this current moment, he's kind of he's going to have a, a bit of a mountain to climb uh, in yep. order to kind of get regular minutes uh, in the team. We've seen him Mike over at the right before. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just don't know if they'll shift him over there, right? Like, I don't know if that's really what Bob wants to do, or if they're going to bring because if they do bring in Bernadeschi, like he's not replacing Bernadeschi as a as a starter on the Ber- Bernadescu, my so favorite it, player. Is the question starter or is it playing time? Yeah, fighting for a starting eleven spot is the question. The question does say a starting eleven spot. Yeah, so so let's let's stick to that. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure any one of these guys, if everything went the way TFC wanted it to go, would be starting for the club. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one that's made the strongest case is actually probably one that's fighting one of the biggest losing battles in that, and that's Luca Petrasso. Um, obviously with Crescito and Insigne coming in, that left-hand side's taken up pretty pretty significantly. So, like, I'm not sure what the case is there. Uh, Kosi, yeah, Kosi's, Kosi's good. Um, good young player. He's fine. Um, I think he has a bright future in front of him. But is he really even better than Jaquil Marshall-Ruddy? I think, yeah. ideally, Jaquil starts in that spot for, for Bob Bradley. And um, I'm not sure they would even want to do that. All things, uh, if all things went their way. So yeah, I don't think there's many kids that have a shot um, or that would have had a shot to stay in the starting 11. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll see how it sort of plays out. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with Mike. If the question is about a starting 11 spot, I'm as brutal as he is. If the question is, you know, as Axis of Evil suggests, although he didn't go for a cheap porn joke like he's been doing for, or like they've been doing, I keep wanting to gender Axis of Evil. Uh, these young players will be dangerous coming off the, bre- the bench with fresh legs, especially with some experience under their belts. I think that that's, that's where we have to sort of, focus on these questions now right like we're we're building a squad um you know start being a starter is maybe not the goal here it's being you know the fresh legs the impact subs the the you know the the less glory uh uh positions you know on the team moving forward and and yeah i i think that with reinforcements you're going to see a lot of their minutes diminished um you've already seen you know shuffle god loaned out to tfc2 to get some of his minutes because he's, he's already on the outside looking in, coming back, coming so back from an injury. Well. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to see a lot more of those uh, loans to the, to the B squad for our young starters as, as the team sort of bloods these, these reinforcements. So I, I don't, I don't, I mean, it, you know, that depends. Like you should always be fighting for a starting spot. I, I think you know, as, as much as I know about, about internal locker room politics and these kids have been given a lot of meaningful minutes. So I think they're going to want to keep fighting, but they've also got to know that, you know, if you're, if you have designs on left winger, (laughs) those designs are, those designs are over. So, you know, they're, they're, what I, what I'm worried about is, you know, if they're not getting regular minutes, do they regress back to the mean? And does this, does this all, it was this all for naught, right? Do we, you know, does Jaden Nelson with 
two weeks of downtime, not get, getting starting level minutes, start doing the same, you know, uh, I'm going to take on three defenders with my, with my fancy dribbles as we're trying to sort of beat out of him in terms of, in terms mm-hmm. of habit. I, I don't want to see that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because you're not going to start them, but they do have to keep seeing minutes with the first team. Otherwise this, this, you know, this, this incline towards meaningful minutes and, 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 and experience was sort of just a stopgap. And I, I don't think the club or the, or the players wanted that, want this to be seen as a stopgap while they're waiting for, you know, whether just keeping the spots warm. Well, we talked about this on the tunnel club yesterday. Um, the idea that you, you, like you just said, Jeff, you're not building necessarily to have all these guys be your starters in the future, right? The idea is they're trying. And from how I see it, this rebuild is about trying to find the guys who are going to be part of a core, right? They're trying to yep. rebuild a core. Um, of this team and they're going to see who of these young guys can fit in and play a role in that core and who does it and uh you're not keeping all of them um that would be pretty tough but you find out who who are the guys that are going to be a part of this team that we're trying to build going forward uh because we're we are moving on from the 2015 to 20 call it 20 core uh, of yep. players so you're trying to find some of those players. You try to find some of those players internally, um, and then you say, okay, out of the guys that don't that don't seem to make the grade, now where do we go in the market? Whether it's trade internally in MLS or finding international players yep, to then yep. fill out the roster that way. I think that's the way you need to go about it. So, in terms of starting eleven right now, sure, maybe you guys will be fighting for the odd minute here and there uh, when guys need a rest, um, as there's going to be a lot of wednesday saturday wednesday coming up yep. um in the next little bit but um you know i mean i think right now what you're really looking for is who can who can play a role with this team going forward as a valuable piece uh off the bench yep. uh come to absolutely which leads into the third and final question um and i'm going to admit the first part here robbie because the, the club is not actually sitting at the bottom of the table right now but they're just wow, feels like it. Close. Yeah, it feels like it. Uh, how do how do we measure success for TFC in the second half of the season? Is it making the playoffs? Is it a Canadian championship? Is it a good run of form that shows promise for next season, even if we miss the playoffs? And that is from at Robbie Sarah YYZ, a loyal Tunnel Club listener. Yeah, great question. Great, and we've been wrestling with it all season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Mike, go ahead. I would love to get your thoughts. Yeah. It's- as Jeff said, we've been kind of wrestling this, with this all season. Um, for me, it's results are great, but it's also about the football um, that I that I watch. I've seen TFC make a lot of progress in the first half of the year, but looking at the standings, they're probably not happy with where they sit. Right, so it's it's that balance of okay, are they playing good football? But also, yeah, you, you would like to see them go on a run here and and sneak into the postseason. I think they're capable yeah. of doing that. And if, if things kind of work out in the transfer market, then like, then like, yeah, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do that. But that being said, I think overall, just as I'm thinking through this, taking a step back, I would define the season as success being, is TFC in a better position heading into next off season 
than they are right now. What does that look like to you? Because that could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different yeah. people. So what does that look like specifically to you? Well, that, that's a roster. That's a, more of a roster thing as well. Um, looking at the pieces that they've brought into this roster, are these guys for sure pieces that you could see moving forward with this club? Or are there still yep. question marks about some of these pieces? Because when we talk about the rebuild, we talk about 18 players leaving this club. I know that there's more that needs to be done in order yep. to kind of get the club to the vision that Bob Bradley wants to get the club to. So 100%. are we are we moving closer to that goal? And that means players that have come in, are they going to be long-term pieces um, towards next season? Are they going to help TFC next season? Are they Do they look like legitimate MLS players? And not only MLS players, are really good MLS players. Mm-hmm. And do you see that, that identity being shaped up within the club where okay, now we're, we're struggling to kind of say exactly what position TFC need. Do we have a clear idea of what yes, exactly that kind of exactly. looks like? Right? Exactly. For me, that you know, would be successful as long as they're okay. moving towards being a better team that's shaped up to starting 2023 off on, on a really, really good note. A good note being a contender in 2023. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I say this often. I said it. Uh, you know, when, when we were blooding kids last year, um, the more questions that we answer, the happier I am, right? You know, we've given meaningful minutes across the board uh, to so many question marks. Um, and we keep dancing around, have they been answered or not? The end of the year is a perfect is a perfect time to close the book on that and say for better or worse we have our answers right we may you know there may not be fair life isn't fair but if we can close the book and have answers on who's coming with me and who isn't finally and absolutely you know like this yes that no um and with in addition to to lorenzo being worth the price tag uh i think it's a successful season you know yeah. just 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 enough of sort of faffing around for lack of a better word well, right like just make look, decisions. Look at last season look at last yeah. season when you when you ended last season there were a lot more questions than this team had answers right yep so then when you go through a rebuild like this you want as jeff you're kind of saying you want answers so yeah. what i'm trying to say i guess what i was alluding to and what you're alluding to jeff is that you want more answers at the end of the season being like these guys are going to be on this team or these guys are yep. not going to be on this team and you want more people here that are going to be on this team moving forward last season you didn't have you had like seven people that you looked yeah. at and going to be like these are going to be these are going to be players on this team in 2022 i want yep. that number to be 20 by the end of that's by the end so of, so of, so fair of this season and and right? and measured and 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 a proper distillation of things. Yeah, it can't all happen instantly. As because much we as look we at to. look at the four game stretch that I always bring up, where TFC kind of provided that false illusion. What if TFC mm-hmm. go on to scratch and get into the playoffs because they they went on a good run of form? Does that necessarily mean long term that the team is going to no. be better because no. of it? No, no, because it could be just a one and done in the playoffs and kind of yep. paint this sort of false illusion. I'd rather them not make the playoffs and rebuild this team the right way than kind of trying to do anything they can to get into the playoffs. I but, guess, uh, because we're uh, still in step one of the rebuild. Uh, yeah, but uh, okay, so I'm going to step back. This is not necessarily how I feel, but this is discourse mm. I've, I've heard out there, right? Sure. If that's the case, then w- 
put a Signe aside because I think we've discussed that you had to sign Insigne on a free. Yeah, if you don't, time. if you don't you get him do now, you yeah. don't get him. Yeah, you don't get yeah. him right. But the moves for Crescito, the moves for potentially like a Bernadeschi, a, maybe a move for like a junior highlight or some senior players like that, right? Yeah. Why then worry about doing that now? Because to some fans, that indicates that you're trying to make a move for the playoffs right now. Well, so it's fair. I'll, I'll answer each of those. I'll answer each of those. So Crescito was a package deal with Insigne. Right? He came over with He wanted his best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It, it helped Insigne with the transition. You bring more leadership into the club, which was much needed. There's a lot of boxes that are checked. You don't use a DP spot in Crescito. He's still a quality player. And it's what a two or three year contract that he okay. he signed here with TFC. So he will still be here next season. Um, he also shores up the defense, which they definitely definitely need help at, regardless of what you mm-hmm. um, what you bring in there. Secondly, Bernardeschi, he's Bernardeschi's 28 years old. He's one of those pieces that I allude to that'll be part of this team's future if they do get up in line and bring him in. So on a free transfer you go ahead and you make that move if it's, if you're able to do it just because he's a long-term yep. piece. It's not like he's 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, third one was junior Hoylet. If it works out, I'd imagine it'll be a team friendly deal and you're adding yep. a Canadian men's national team player ahead of a world cup. So commercially that makes a lot of sense. And also like he's, he's a guy who can help the team in a lot of different ways. And, one one million again, percent. Yep. a team friendly deal. So why not make that happen? And he could be someone helping the team, I guess, move forward as well. So, yeah, I think those deals. When you take an actual look at each of them individually, it kind of makes sense why would the team would do that. And overall, the team would be better, I think, moving forward with each of those guys on the roster in twenty twenty three. Fair, and yep. and and I do agree with you in, in that regard. Look, if they make the playoffs, to me, it's all gravy. Right, because when I look at this roster at the beginning of the year, and Mike, I think you and I talked about it on the Tunnel Club at the beginning of the year when I was in Cuba, like the 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 amount of young players that were coming onto this roster, it's like if it to me, if I see progression in each one of those players in some way in terms of them being full professionals and getting really their first shot at significant minutes, and they and you can say at the end of the year, like out of the we'll call it seven or eight young guys that are really getting a shot this year if five of them end up being like, yes, they're pieces that we can keep and we can utilize them in the team in some way, whether it is a starter or off the bench as part of the mm-hmm. 18 success, right? Success. Yep. You now know, okay, we've got this squared away now in a targeted way. When we go into the off season, we know exactly where we need to add senior presence to the team, which and we have more money to spend. And we'll because have we've got those sweet homegrown contracts. Exactly, right? right? And, and yeah, from that yeah. perspective, you kind of look at it as the way that they went from the 2015 into 2016 season, where you're now looking to add those vets that can get you over the top, whether they're MLS experience, which I still believe that this team needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Or they're, or they're international players, right? So to me, that success if they go on a run and make the playoffs, it'll be fun as hell, right? Like in 2019, going 13 sure. unbeaten to end the season, that was a lot of fun riding that into the playoffs. And then I don't think anybody in their right mind in 2019 thought this team was a cup final team, right? Like no one really no. thought this was a cup no. final team. No, it was But so they real. somehow, they squeaked and they somehow made it. And that maybe yep. speaks a little bit to that false dawn you, you talked about, uh, Mike, but... To me, it's about get these young guys minutes and get them improving 
so that you know what you're moving forward with the bet. So we're all yeah. saying the same thing in a roundabout way. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it has to be. Thing. I mean, you you buy the ticket, you take the ride. We've given them so many minutes this year. People have been screaming for us to do it for, you know, multiple years. So what is the end result of that? It's checking it's checking things off the 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 checklist, right? And right. And, and it's and it's giving credence yeah. to the amount of money you spent on this academy because this club has yeah. spent a lot of money a on that ton academy. Ton of money on this academy. Absolutely. Right? So and you might as well it. get some some product out of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap it up there, boys. I think we're done. We're yeah, I, I can't in. keep blocking. I block like forty thousand. <laughs> I know you're like you're the going. Same. Exactly. Yeah. Uh so let's let's wrap it up here, uh, gents. Uh thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. Um, we will be back obviously next Monday, same time, same channel. Uh, so definitely listen to that. Uh, follow these guys on Twitter. If you're not following them already. I mean, what are you doing? If you're not follow me, if you like, <laughs> I, I kind of say, follow Mike, I, I, I suppose I suppose you gays links. Most of the time, so. <laughs> um, yeah. we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Also uh, the tunnel club will be back on Sunday, um, after the San Jose game. So give us follow at uh, TFC Tunnel Club. Obviously, follow this channel um, at Toronto Till I Die on Twitter. Um, on behalf of Michael... Don't Sanchez, visit any of the links in the chat. Do, no, Don't. do not. Or, or, or do if you if you want to if you want to catch a virus, um, go for it, and uh, just don't just don't message me with anything. Um, yeah, yeah, on behalf of uh, Michael Singh and Jeffrey B. Nesker, I've been Mike Newell. This has been Toronto Till I Die. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. What a what a pleasure, guys. Love talking with you. We'll see you next week. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.